Hi, I'm Sammy Shulman. I'm Yoni Pruce. And I'm Aaron Kirkpatrick. And welcome back to The Floater, episode number 15, 16-ish, right? 16. 16. 16. Um, and finally, Josh didn't come, so we'll actually have a good discussion here. Yeah, finally. So that's pretty, that's good for the fans. We technically had to include Josh in this, but as much as we can be without him is great. <laughs> All right. So we have nothing really planned once again, but I feel like sometimes it's when we're at our best because when the game's on the line, I'm in my prime. So that is the saying. It is. Yoni had some talking points though. So I, I have away. a few things. I guess I'll start off with one. It's kind of a question. So the NBA, Adam Silver, I think, came out with the idea of um, creating a game of horse where players would create videos and play in isolation, and then they would have a game of horse around the league with quote-unquote high-profile players. So I was just wondering, if you had to pick a few players to play in this game of horse, who would you have? So if if I had to pick five, let's say, yeah, I would go Curry, Trey Young, Kevin Durant, if he's able to shoot. Um, Yeah. Who else is, like, an elite scorer? Luca probably not. I don't know. I think those three would be cool, but I also think adding another bigger guy, maybe yeah. Kawhi. You know, he's a fun guy. And probably thinking, LeBron. Yeah, I was thinking maybe like a center, like someone who's less. I don't know, not less like less coordinated. It would, it would just be funny to see them playing. Like maybe put a Dwight Howard in there. And just that would fun. be pretty funny. He'd be out immediately though. Yeah, but he'd make a few, like, really crazy shots that no one would think. I think I'd want someone like a Zach Levine where he can shoot, but he can also do, like, some dri- crazy dribble uh, – not dribbles, dunks and if layups. If dunk and horse, that's so annoying. Yeah. Because not everybody can dunk. I think everyone that you have in- – oh, wait, Curry couldn't dunk. Curry and Trey are not doing 360 dunks. KD guessed for his Achilles, like, 10 months ago, but I don't know. That's fair. So I guess that if you your way we could have Zach Levine and a thirty six for thirty five thirty six year old LeBron dunking. That could Aaron be Gordon. Oh yeah, just throw Aaron Gordon. Who needs Durant? Right. Just make don't worry. Into a dunk. Aaron Gordon will get snubbed again. Make somehow. it into a dunk contest. Maybe I think put honestly, in there. I think dunk course I would find more entertaining than just people shooting like. I don't from... know. I would love to see Curry just shooting from half court. Yeah. And no one else making it. I think, like, Trey might. I don't know about Like, LeBron showed off the range this year. Maybe. Maybe put, like, older, like, retired NBA players. Like, make one with, like, Dwayne Wade and, put, like, Steve Nash. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Talking about older retired players, uh, the Basketball Hall of Fame just released the 2020 Hall of Fame class. Uh, this year, it's uh, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, and Tim Duncan are like the three headliners, as well as uh, Rudy, Tom Janovich, Andy Tom Janovich. Sutton, uh, yeah. Tom Janovich. Then Tamika Catchings, who we've mentioned before in, uh, I forget which region, but one of the regions for the greatest college basketball player of all time. Yeah. Kim Mulkey, Barbara Stevens, and Patrick Bauman. Uh, I think it was kind of interesting. A lot of people were saying, like, this is the best Hall of Fame class. And I don't really have anything else to compare it to. But, like, being headlined by 
Kobe, KG, and Tim Duncan, I'd say makes it a pretty great Hall of Fame class. I mean, it's three of the top 15 or so players of all time. Not KG. I mean. Not top 15. He He's not, maybe not top 15, but he's up there. It, I just think, like, at any he's point in history, in anybody's opinion, there will be five best players at every position. And it's almost undeniable that the best power forward of all time is in this draft class. Or not draft class, sorry. This Hall of Fame class. And then also, yeah. obviously, Kobe Bryant. So them two alone. And then KG is just kind of the icing on the cake at that point. It'd be like a fun team for three on three. I mean, there's five finals for Tim and Kobe, and then KG adds one more. It's it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, if you like, when you think about it, there was this point there from like 2000 really to 2010 where every finals had either Tim Duncan. I'm trying to think, is it literally because 2000, 2001, 2002, and then 2003 was the Spurs. 2004, I honestly don't know. Josh is one over here. Was that the Pistons one? Pistons, yeah. Lakers. Pistons, Pistons. Oh, no, Lakers, Pistons, Lakers yeah. was 2003. And then 2004 was... Spurs won. So that would be another... 2005, the Heat won. But who'd they beat? The Mavericks. Yeah. So would that be the only year... Well, 2006, I don't know who. I thought the Heat won in 2006. They won, well, they won the 2005-2006 year. Okay, yeah. And then Spurs 2006-2007. Yeah, and then Celtics beat the Lakers, and then the Lakers won twice. Like, yeah. So that is a pretty long run where they were at least in the finals. 1998 to 2010 minus... Uh, oh wait, who'd the Heat beat in 2006? You said the Mavericks, right? I think so. So Are that'd be the only fan? year. Not history Heat, but not history. Wait, that's... Okay. Okay. Um. So I'm I... looking at the finals. What'd you say? Yeah, over the Mavs. Yeah, yeah. they beat the Mavs. It was a controversial series. Like I remember, uh, the, the Heat refs were pretty bad. You're talking heat maps. Yeah, in 2006. Yeah. Oh, yeah. talking about refing and controversy. So, you know the movie that came out, like the Inside Game? I think that's what it was called. The one about Tim Donahue, the ref who was rigging oh, games. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, you guys know I'm a big Pat McAfee fan for the brand and everything. Um, but he got a chance to interview Tim Donahue. And so, basically, what happened was Tim Donahue got into the gambling like business just him and his friends were just trying to make a couple bucks but one of them spoiled it to a mob like someone in the mob and that's how he ended up getting like stuck fixing games for the mob like it wasn't like he tried to reach out to the mob and say i'm a ref and i can fix games for you if i get like a certain cut it was just like he got screwed over by one of his friends leaking it i guess was that the Kings Lakers one? Uh, I don't That's know. I don't know if that was really a rigging thing. I think that was the NBA David Stern rigging it because who no, wanted to see the Kings no, no, in the no. finals? No, no, that that one was also rigged. There's there articles about, but I don't think it was refs. rigged in terms of the refs had money on the game. Oh, maybe that's not. what I'm trying to maybe. say. But yeah, I don't know for sure, right. to be honest. So, 
Yeah, I think. Well, the the refs did have something to do with that. I remember just watching. Wait, the refs were really bad, but I think that all the stories I've heard were that the league rigged it. Okay, and like told the refs because, like, yeah, and like that was in like the same uh, regime. I don't know. It's kind of has negative connotations, but the same regime as like the the ice on the Knicks uh, lottery when they made the lottery to get Ewing to the Knicks and that whole kind of thing. And how, yeah, I mean, the lottery has always been a little fishy to me. Like, the Lakers just jump up to number four. I don't know. Wait, so explain to me the Patrick Ewing. Was it, like, that specific envelope was, like, frosted? The theory. I mean, not frosted. What they say is that there was, first of all, in the – the first year of the lottery was in the Ewing draft in 1985. Like, before that, it was just whatever your record was. And then if you were tied, I'm pretty sure it was just a coin flip. But yeah. Ewing yeah. was like this prime prize, and in the 1984-85 season, um, like he was obviously going to go number one. Also, our animals are being really annoying right now. But that's <laughs> fine. Um, like Ewing yeah. was obviously going to go number one, and the Knicks weren't the worst team that year. And the worst teams were like the Pacers and the Warriors, I want to say. And so they added a lottery, which ended up being a great thing because it it makes people not want to tank in theory, even though the biggest tank job ever happened in the lottery era. But what happened was they like bent a corner of it. So that'd be easier for uh, David Stern to find, because I'm pretty sure. And I wish Josh were here. Cause he would know that the way the lottery used to work was, it was just envelopes in a uh, bowl. And then you, I'm picked, pretty sure that's what it no, was. And then you picked one. Like it wasn't like you counted down or anything like that. It was just envelopes in a bowl. And the, and then people say that, they put the uh, Knicks one in a freezer so that it would be, it wouldn't look any different, but it would obviously be like able to touch it. I'm going to look up an article, but that was, that's like Mike Corazemba's video. And so David Stern was able to pick the Knicks out of the bowl. Yeah. Okay. Who can even, my question is, where do people even come up with like, I just looked up, that, like, I just looked up 1985 lottery and the top three videos are <laughs> the fixed 1985 NBA lottery. Did David Stern fix the 1985 NBA draft? The frozen envelope. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So before 1985, um, the first NBA draft had a simple goal, and it was just the worst teams got the best pick. The problem was people could win by losing, which was like Donald Sterling's uh, quote. Who mm-hmm. and so the problem with the coin flip was that it, it was kind of like it didn't matter, I guess. And so they added in the lottery, and yeah, the rest is history. And the lottery, I'm pretty sure, ended up being the way it actually was like last year before the new lottery in like the 90s. So, yeah. So the new lottery is now it's the top three all have that like – Well, the new 14, lottery the top three. three all have a 14% chance. Yeah. And then the top – the person who finishes first can fall as low as five instead of four and so it's a lot different like the pelicans also it's it, the lottery is so dumb like they should do it all in front of us it's always rigged in my opinion yeah. like like some of them not obviously as rigged like lebron going to the Cavs when they were the worst team is fine but stuff like derrick rose going to the bulls when the bulls had the 10th odds and derrick rose was a polarizing figure who played who grew up in chicago like that doesn't just happen yeah i don't know there's a lot of instances i mean there are narratives around that and like uh, yeah and the nba is a very narrative driven league and i've talked in my timberwolves and warriors what if 
about how the Timberwolves had terrible luck. Because honestly, who cares about the Timberwolves? Irrelevant is the best word to describe the Timberwolves. The Celtics have had really great lottery draft luck. The Lakers, when they're in the lottery, have really great draft luck. I don't know. I I would like to see like somebody actually go through all the draft lotteries and Wait, see which teams have you, jumped up the most. So then conspiracy theory, if we're talking about like narratives and pushing people's lottery luck, do you yeah. think the league intentionally made it so that the Pelicans got the number one so that they would trade out AD? Well, so first of all, the Pelicans were already going to trade AD. The one thing yeah. I will but say I mean, to the Lakers, the one thing I'm not, I think they were, I think that was going to happen either way. The one thing I will yeah. say that was interesting to me is that the, um, they gave, like, I, they put the Lakers in the top three, in the top four, and then the Knicks were yeah. also there. And the fact that the Knicks and Lakers went four and three in the class that had Zion, the most polarizing figure since LeBron, made me think maybe it's not rigged. But then again, it's just all speculation no matter what. Because if it was rigged, then the Lakers would have gotten it. Like, if the Lakers landed the number one pick from the number 12 odds, the NBA draft lottery would cease to exist because nobody would take it seriously. If it went to the Knicks, it would be fine. Like, that's where he would probably get the most media. But it turns out he went to the Pelicans, which makes me feel like hopefully it's not rigged. But um, maybe it wasn't. The Pelicans really aren't that big of a market. They're not at all. The one thing about the Pelicans, though, is that they're, they're a publicly owned team, or they were until very recently. And so the NBA has always had certain ties, like when they vetoed the Chris Paul trade. Oh, yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like New Orleans could be like a growing market. Well, Zion, like, it, it makes it a, a growing market. Yeah. They also have a lot of young. Like, they, in theory, they're they're going to be really good. I, I'm i still on the bandwagon, not bandwagon, on the idea that the, uh, New Orleans should change their name back to the Jazz and the Utah should just change their name. Because that's what Jazz Why? Did. Because New Orleans Pelicans. Isn't there a lot of teams that yes. you could say that? Like, shouldn't the Minnesota, shouldn't it be the Minnesota Lakers? Yeah, you could say that, but I'm I'm only stuck on the New Orleans one. I'm really only uh, stuck on that. Yonis can't get over it. If we're talking about things that need to be pushed back, the Wizards need to change their logo back to the Wizard. I don't. I like the new logo better. Yeah. Do you like the basketball with the monument? Yeah, I mean, I mean I'd rather go us, back to the bullets. I'd rather us be known as Washington more than Wizards. I don't know. Yeah, because like Washington oh. D.C. is a cool place. The the team named Wizards was only changed because like because of yeah. what's his name getting uh, assassinated. Yitz, it was a mix of Yitzhak Rabin getting assassinated, and then like there was like some of the worst crime. The and... Wizards had a Jewish I mean, owner. You know, Jews are just the worst. It was Abe Poland at the time, right? Yoni, aren't Jews the worst? Jews are fantastic. Okay. Now you're making me look bad. Right. Yoni had just said to me before the pod that he hated Jews. You're right, man. You're right. Stop. I don't know if we can talk about this. It's but... true. We're all Jewish, okay. by the way. So yeah, we'll <laughs> have to make these jokes. Yeah. Okay. So, oh God. <laughs> so here's I want to talk a little more about the draft lottery. I think what makes yeah. the draft lottery better now is like the Golden State Warriors who like tanked this year because circumstances granted them the ability to tank, like the Spurs in '97 to get Duncan. Um, yeah. They they have a 50% chance basically of getting the number five pick. Like in terms of what pick they might get, that's the most likely pick, but then they have a slightly over 50% chance to land in the top four at any point in between. Whereas in the past they would have been guaranteed top four and a 25% Mm -hmm. chance at pick one instead of a 14% chance, which I think is really cool. And like, 
I yeah. remember a lot of people asking me. I've always felt like I knew a little more about the draft lottery than the average person. So I'm glad we're talking about uh-huh. this when Josh is in here. Because the draft lottery, the thing that's <laughs> different between like the team who finishes first and the team who finishes third is that the team who finishes third can fall a lot further. Like Minnesota can fall okay. from three to seven, whereas the Warriors, who have the same shot at the number one pick as Minnesota, can only fall to five. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah, but it's cool that any team can end up at any spot in the top four. Yeah. Well, I found the website that can let us simulate the draft lottery. The one, the upcoming just, one? Yeah, and I just want to see if anyone gets screwed over. I know this is random, and it looks like the website does – okay. This website had Atlanta jumping three to one, New York to two, Golden State. No one really felt that bad. The worst fall was Cleveland from two to five. Does it show like change of position? Yeah. That's cool. Oh, this is cool. It also shows here like Golden State's projected average pick is three point seven. So that's the highest projected average pick. Yeah. That's what it's probably the high. Yeah. Makes sense. It kind of seems like the best place in theory is the is the fifth spot where Detroit is right now. Obviously, being last is best, but I'm just saying in terms of their position next, like the next person's, because they're at five as their average position, and just two picks yeah. later is six point two, whereas three point seven for Golden State, two picks later is four point one. If that made sense, I know that was a lot of numbers. Yeah, no, that does make sense. Yeah. So yeah, this site that I'm looking at is called Tankathon.com. Yeah, that's the one I'm on too. Oh, they do, they do a, uh... a, simul a lottery simulator. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, so I had something that I wanted to bring up because we didn't have too much coming into this. And and this is a bit of me going Miami Heat here. Uh, And I want to talk about the 2014 NBA Finals, Game 1 to be specific. Sammy, do you know what I'm going to be talking about now? Yeah, with the air conditioning. Yeah, okay. What about it? So for those of you who don't know... Uh, 2014 NBA Finals was the San Antonio Spurs versus the Miami Heat. And basically, I forget exactly at what point in the game. I think it was about mid, like, towards the end of the third quarter. Well, it's worth, can I add it and then you can take it? I just want to say, like, it's worth noting that in theory, the Spurs have been practicing in hot weather all week. Yeah, I was going to get there. So go ahead. No, it's all good. So what happened was about, let's say, if I don't remember the minute mark, but probably somewhere with like f- between five and three minutes left in the third quarter, LeBron uh, goes down with cramps, uh, which is like just not a very like LeBron thing or even NBA player. Like you don't usually see players forced out of games due to cramps, right? I mean... Okay, I'm going to end up arguing okay. against it, so I'm going to let you talk for now. Okay, sounds I'm just, good. I'm just starting out there right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, LeBron ends up getting forced out of the game through cramps, and there's reports... Um, I mean, forced from out of the, the game. game. I mean, he. Fine. I think what we're trying to say, what Aaron's trying to say is that he had to leave the game because of cramps. Yeah, yes, that's, I understand. Like, that's what I mean yeah. for Physically forced out of the game. Okay. His, his body cannot keep playing. It's also worth noting that cramping is usually a sign of dehydration, which isn't uncommon in a player who's of LeBron's caliber, especially despite being in the best shape that anybody ever probably ever is. He still plays at the highest level um, in two competitive series, first against the Pacers and then now against the Spurs. But yes. 
So basically the theory was that leading up to the championship, the Spurs were practicing in like some people were doing in, in 90 degree weather. weather. And like <laughs> temperature. I don't know. The the reason why I say weather is because uh I I did do a tiny bit of research before and one of the funny things about this website, and I don't really think this website is actually right with what it's saying here, but I think this is just a funny thing. It's uh, SB Nation says this. Tim Duncan grew up in the Caribbean. Par- uh, Tony Parker, Tiago Splitter, Boris Diaw, and Manu Ginobili grew up and played prof- and or played professionally in Europe, where most gyms are banned boxes without AC. Three years ago, during the NBA lockout, Jeff McDonald of the San Antonio Express News reported that Duncan and Danny Green, who, uh, Danny Green ended up playing great in the fourth quarter, and former Spur James Anderson were doing wind sprints in triple-digit weather to keep up their conditioning. So it's like, according to SB Nation, the Spurs built a team that is specifically designed for playing in 90-degree-plus weather. And Kawhi's just a robot, so he doesn't feel weather. Exactly. Yeah. Kawhi played pretty Honestly, well the, the Kawhi year. is a robot theory is more it has more grounds than this one because the Spurs go on to win in five anyways. But it might have made a difference had the Heat stolen game one in San Antonio. I mean, I think the issue is that it's not even the worst cheating scandal. It's probably not even top three of the last decade. Not and at nobody all. thinks about it. But were you a Heat fan then? No, but I remember like that was something that like stood out to me. I think it was a few years ago. Um, I saw like videos on it, and then like I've continued seeing stuff on it. And I thought this would be the chance to bring it up before Josh would also oh. be here to turn me down. I'm looking at Pro Basketball Reference, and it says that LeBron played for five minutes in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he should have been playing twelve minutes. He he went for he yeah obviously he should have been playing the entire quarter, and he was ex- apparently, exhausted. Apparently, he went out. He was one for three with two points in the whole game. No, no, in the fourth quarter. Oh, okay. In the fourth. With yeah, I mean, yes, I get your claim that maybe I I don't understand it. No, I'm not going to go with it. Have you heard this previously, Yoni? I have never heard this theory. Wait, I, I have a couple more stats for you. I just don't see the grounds of it. So well, when LeBron wasn't in, stats. when LeBron wasn't in, <laughs> uh, and the Spurs went on the run, nine out of the ten, uh. Buckets made by the Spurs were assisted. Six of the 12 shots um, were three-pointers, which were all made. Four were layups, and two were mid-ranges. What is this proof? Uh, wait. Miami had uh, trouble keeping San Antonio from scoring, but the biggest problem was LeBron's man, Boris Diaw. LeBron uh, was guarding on... Boris Diaw? Yeah. Seems like a great use that... of his defensive ability. Well, yeah, that's one of the bigger problems there. Yeah, but it was. Uh, I I don't really no understand that... Eric Spolstra as a coach. He's a great coach, Yoni. He he is a great coach. No, yes. he's made some mistakes. Yeah, in the finals. He he's the Heat should have a much better record in the finals some... with the teams they have than they did. They should never have lost like, to the Mavericks. They, they should, in theory they should have lost any... to the Mavericks when they beat them. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, there there has to be some way that Spolstra can change a series like losing to the Mavericks, where that gives some some more advantages, even if it's just in the slightest to the Heat, even though they already should have won. I just don't see how a coach like that 
who is an amazing coach, don't get me wrong, I respect him, but I don't see what he was doing. Actually, stepping aside before I let Sammy go against this theory anymore. I I, I'm uh, kind of done. Are, you're done? You can keep talking, and then maybe I'll have something to say. Well, this is more just a question about the Heat and their big three. And my problem was maybe you guys were as you were bigger in the basketball when the big three became a thing. But I just – was Chris Bosh that dominant coming out of Toronto? Chris yeah. Bosh was really good in Toronto. He was an amazing player in Toronto. Okay. So I didn't watch, but I feel like maybe it was because of his heart issues, but I feel like that big three should have stayed together for so much LeBron longer. Had. I mean, LeBron just wanted – I think LeBron long. would have stayed had Bosh been, like, healthier. I've, I've – okay, I've personally never heard anybody say that. And yeah, so it's an interesting take, but – in the final year that LeBron was there, it was the mm-hmm. first year that Bosch had any issues. And I'm pretty sure he still averaged 22 or 21, like the most he had averaged in a long time as LeBron Which and Wade were getting earlier or older. And so I, I don't think I don't think that's the case at all. I could be completely I also, wrong. Like, I'm, I'm not now I pulled up his basketball right. reference page. I just want to let you yeah. know that his final season in Toronto, he averaged 24 and 11. And he also yeah. shot 36% from three, which was pretty good for a 6'11 guy back then. Yeah. So, yeah, he was very good. Okay. So, that makes sense why that they made that signing then. I Again, I just didn't know a lot about the Heat back then, so I just was wondering. Yeah. Okay. I'm right now need- I'm on the NBA trade machine. I'm trying to find something that would work. I'd actually like to talk about possible Kevin Love trades. Okay. Is anyone ever going to trade I for – I don't think anyone's Ke- looking for Kevin Love. I think Love. the one team is the Trailblazers might yeah. still want Kevin Love. I was about to say that because I think they were looking at him last year. Because, I mean, who wouldn't want – like that – Kevin Love would fit with that team. Someone who's really good in offense can help the fast break with Dame and CJ, but also is not great defensive-wise. Sucks defensive-wise. I – yeah, but I don't think anyone's looking at him anymore. I just feel like he's one of those guys who should be traded, like needs to be traded, but just won't. Yeah. And probably part of the other problem is that he's making that – I think he could get traded if he wasn't – what's he making now, $32 million? Yeah, something like that. I Which is just up. insane to think about. Like, I get – don't get me wrong, he was great and that he's just kind of fallen off. I hated watching that Cavs team play the season. And then when, like, Kevin Love wanted to get traded, he, like, stopped trying on the court. He stopped like, trying on the court? Have you not seen clips of that? No, I haven't. I mean, I don't really I mean, he's been I, I in think... such a bad situation since LeBron left. Yeah. Like, I don't really think he stopped trying. I mean. No, no. There are clips of him, like, just yelling at his teammates on the court, like, not like visibly not caring anymore. I mean, if you're on a Cavs team like that and you're in Kevin Love situation where you want to ring and then like I don't I don't think you'd want to be in that situation. Like he threw the ball at his teammate after one of the games. All right. All right. A like, little bit off topic. I just I have a possible trade that I want to talk to you guys about. Okay, let's hear so, it. So I think that when I think about the um the Nets Katie, Kyrie, and then they kind of need a third star. Like, I'm not sure DeAndre Jordan is quite good enough. And they've also talked amp, uh, at, they've talked a lot about trading Dinwiddie, right? We've heard that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I 
I think, and you guys would tell me who, if the trade is a good trade or if which of these teams wouldn't accept it. But I thought if the Thunder were to send Dinwiddie, uh, DeAndre, and Torian Prince to the to the Thunder for Stephen Adams, what do you guys think? Huh. Stephen Adams, Dinwiddie. So, I mean, so you're just, losing... just to put it in perspective, the Thunder starting lineup in theory would they would add a wing player which they need desperately, so they would have in their starters um, Chris Paul, Shea. Dilnillo, Torian Prince, DeAndre Jordan, and then off the bench they have Dinwiddie and Schroeder, which is kind of cool. And then for the Nets, yeah. um, they'd still have Kyrie, Lavert, Durant, Jonathan, or not Jonathan Allen, um, Jared, Jared Allen, Allen. Don't know why I think you only Stephen Adams and all those uh, players. Wilson Chandler. What do you guys think? I I see why the Thunder would do that hypothetically. But I don't see the Nets getting. You feel much like they're losing too much depth. Yeah, I feel like they're losing their bench. If you if Wilson Chandler is maybe one of your best players coming off your bench, I don't think your championship. Well, right now the best yeah. player off their bench went. Well, it's also I'm not sure what their lineup is because Durant hasn't played. But in theory, their the bench. best players off their bench are uh, Dinwiddie and Harris or Levert and Harris. And so now you lose Dinwiddie, but that's pretty much it in theory. All right, so I guess they still have Harris. So their bench would be like and, Harris, Allen, Chandler, and then yeah. I don't know whoever they sign with their mid-level exception. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I'm just playing around in the machine. This is the first one that the salaries worked, and I thought maybe it would make sense. So I wanted to share it. I think my problem with that trade is then you have too many like good guards on the Thunder. Like, the Thunder would have to make another trade after that, moving away one of their guards. Because they would have uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, and uh, Dimwitty. That's, that's all on the roster. Pretty much four point guards. Well, Gil- well Shea's yeah. played shooting guard all year. Yeah, that's Shea true. and, and Dimwitty can play yeah, shooting and guard. I think that it's not a bad thing to have four good guards on your roster at all. Especially because the yeah. way that the the Thunder's roster is, they have all these guards right now, and so to add one more and a wing and then a center to replace Steven Adams for the Thunder, I actually think it's a really good trade. And depending on who, who they're playing on a night to night basis, Shea can play the three. He is well, yeah, six they, five. They like they he's play a, at the end of games I mean, right now, three guards. Yeah, the they play thing, Chris Paul, Shea, yeah, and, and then Danilo and Steven yeah. Adams. The one thing that I was worried about is that I don't think. DeAndre Jordan is as much of a presence as Steven Adams because I think adding, having four guards, like you said, Sammy, is would be great for them. I think this is a wonderful trade for the Thunder, but I just worry that DeAndre Jordan won't have the same presence as Steven Adams. Well, his, he'll match the, the rebounding numbers. I don't think defensively he'll be as good. In terms of PER, yeah. he's only 0.8 worse than Adams this year. But with centers, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of PER because they only have – like especially with these two, they don't shoot or anything. And mm-hmm, I, yeah. I think that they do lose a little bit of offense in Adams compared to DeAndre Jordan. But I also think that getting Torian Prince would actually significantly help him. I think he's kind of an underrated player. Uh, he's yeah. a great rebounder for his position. He's a decent shooter. He has a lot of confidence. I don't know. Yeah, I like Torian Prince coming off the bench. Yeah, I think too. this is I, I think this, this is a worse trade for the Nets. I just feel like it's the kind of trade a team who might want a third star would do. 
And I don't know if Steven Adams would be an all-star in the East, especially on this team, but I think he would cert- definitely be better than DeAndre Jordan. Um, and, like, I was trying to find a trade mean- that involved Dinwiddie because I know they want to move him. And so then I'm like, if they're going to get a center, they'd probably trade DeAndre. And then what do the Thunder need? A wing. So that's how I came up with it, by the way. Why do they want to trade Dinwiddie is what I, I don't understand. It's something just doesn't work there with Kyrie, Dinwiddie, and Levert. I don't know why, but I've just yeah. always heard that. And so mm-hmm. I'm not going to question it. Sammy, as a Wizards fan, what would you think of a trade looking something like the Wizards getting Nicholas Batum? Isn't he expiring um, now? He's got a player option. Uh, isn't it that help? 5 mil? That's 25 million player option. Yeah. Okay. Pretty You would get Nicholas Batum. Cody Zeller and uh, either PJ Washington or Malik Monk. And in return, you have to give up John Wall and someone like, I don't know, something like Troy Brown, Jerome Robinson, Mo Wagner. But you also have to throw in like a second Wait, round. You'd have to throw in a pick in this scenario? Yeah, because uh, they're eating that John Wall contract. They're eating the John Wall contract. <laughs> But that, no, that makes no sense. Good at all. I don't think right now, as the Wizards organization and especially as a Wizards fan, that I feel like John Wall's contract is something that the Wizards are hoping to get off the books because right now the John Wall that we're expecting to come back is eighty percent of an All Star. And so, and also think of think of what you're taking on. You're taking on Cody Zeller. What is he? Will, gonna, what is he? Cody Zeller and Nicholas Batum would both next be year. Which, next year, yeah, but Nicholas Batum is going to accept that player option. Is Malik Monk? Really I would that rather I, if he gave us Miles Bridges and a first, then you'd be talking. And I don't know if I'm being ridiculous there, but I just feel like right now, as it stands, John Wall is just a, an all-star point guard who we don't know how good he's going to be. But if he's between sixty to eighty percent, he's much better than any of those other players that we're getting back. Yeah, I'm actually okay. very excited. And I also John don't think that the, the the Hornets want John Wall because if John Wall were to get traded, it would be to a team who thinks that they could help him win. Um, and even if the Hornets thought, oh, maybe we have a chance, the one position they have they good at is point guard because they're giving Rogier the money that they were going to get Kemba and they yeah. already have Devontae Graham. So I don't know. No, the only reason I picked Charlotte was because he is from North Carolina. <laughs> that was just like a random okay. pick. Okay. Yoni, are you on the trade machine? <laughs> like I said, random pick. I'm, I'm not you gotta pull it up, machine. bro. I I will pull it up. I'm gonna points. I'm gonna. I just, <laughs> I just don't know what the Celtics would trade for right now. Probably another big. Yeah, they. I agree. They would definitely yeah. trade for another big. I mean, there's, there's not much they would do besides that. And honestly, I kind of like Tyson Cantor. They probably need a bigger presence inside, but that's you like Cantor. I do like Cantor. He's great on the boards. He's not great defensively, but he's great on the boards. So, I I just he leads the team in PER. We'll yeah, and he's averaging eight and a half boards in I don't know how many minutes. So that guy. Well, can't play well, overseas, Sammy continues though. to make up some <laughs> uh, hypothetical trades. Uh, Yoni, would you, I don't know if you saw this, but there were remarks coming out that the NBA themselves are pessimistic about the season at resuming. Like they might just have to call it yeah, quit. Yeah. Versus Trump coming out today or yesterday, I forget when, and saying that 
uh, leagues should be returning by August. Yeah, I mean, we're talking NBA here. <laughs> it, well, Trump said it about the NFL, but so I, mean, I think we're more talking. I saw the NFL remarks by Trump, and I think that that's too optimistic. I think it'll have to push back everything because if you're talking August, September, then you're pushing back OTAs and everything else. Without getting too political, and, Donald Trump's response just has not been so accurate. Yeah, and like we'll leave it at that. Also, yeah. But also, if you're talking, also just if you're talking August and September, then you need to talk about like a preseason, like for the NFL. Like you can't just have players go straight into the season. You need players to do some training before with the team. That can't. That, so you need some time for that. NBA wise, I think the season's probably over. Uh-huh. I don't like the only way I saw some things about like some three game series in like the Bahamas or wherever with no fans. Yeah. And I don't think that's happening. I don't see that happening anytime soon because it just seems like too much for the NBA and the world to handle right now. Just on top of everything that's going on to add in. Oh, we're going to have some NBA playoffs. The thing is, I think that the NBA is going to do everything it can do. And so if the opportunity for no fans and a playoffs arises, it will happen in my opinion. And at this point, I think the earliest I can see that happening is mid-June. And so mm-hmm. if, if that is the case, I think there will be NBA playoffs. But if it gets pushed back any further than that, I think I'm with you. Wow. Huh. Okay, but I this is the thing. I like the idea, not of going to the Bahamas, but getting all of the players in one place. Now, th- again, this can be crazy and this can be a hot take. Or an even an awful take. But, and maybe I also don't know enough about coronavirus, but if they're able to get, like, the resources they need to have, if they can, like, let's say somehow they were able to rent out, like, a hotel somewhere. I know this is, like, a big what if. But you rent out a hotel somewhere, and the only people that are allowed to be in the hotel are the people who work at the hotel, the NBA teams, some coaches and a couple media, not even like. I mean, wait, can I? Not, can I not say even something? like. Yeah. So, yeah. Aaron, your idea is to take every NBA player away from their families in the greatest crisis of everybody in their family's lifetimes, pretty much. Uh, then you put them in a hotel where if one of them gets it, they'll all be quarantined forever. And then you add in the fact that not all their coaches can come. Some coaches will come, the rest of the players will just be by themselves. Media should be there because that's important, apparently. No, no. By media, I mean like ESPN or TNT to record the. So to, you like, want it to become Real Housewives of NBA quarantine? I was about to say that might be the best reality TV show yeah. you can come up with. Fine. If you had to pick a team to watch them, what team? In a room. If you had to pick a team. Yeah. The Nets. I mean, like, Nets. Yep. Kyrie and yep. I'm thinking Rockets. I, I just think no, Kyrie, I Kyrie, Westbrook, and Harden. I think I just want to so see the funny. Lakers. I think I want to see the Lakers. I kind of find it funny that none of us picked our own team. That well, we I mean, it's like, like we wouldn't I don't want think the Wizards would be that I mean, exciting. I don't think there would be drama. I mean, yeah. And think about the Celtics. Like they they just be all nice to each other. I don't know. I think the Heat would be funny Marcus though. Marcus Smart in quarantine Jimmy. is probably pretty funny. He pro- he's probably hilarious. I'd actually love to. Also, in terms of coaches, the Spurs in the quarantine would be funny. But their team's ridiculous. DeMar DeRozan shooting mid-ranges in quarantine. (laughs) 
Yeah. But, I mean, being stuck with LeBron and AD. I mean, no, okay. Those would be the, that would be the coolest Wait. game, but the most interesting, in my opinion, would be the Nets. Right. Sammy, the bet that could occur for watching the Lakers would be over under how many Dwight Howard farts. I don't know what to say to that. I don't. I don't understand the Dwight Howard farts. You don't get it, Yoni. I. I Dwight Howard during his time it. in. You don't need to explain it. Okay. I'm just gonna stick with this Dwight Howard farts piece for now. It's pretty. I'll just keep to that. Do your research. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I think I'll just have that picture. <laughs> no, it it was like a serious thing no. when he was in Orlando. Like it's it was okay. like he wasn't taking things seriously. So he'd fart. Yeah, it makes sense. I, you oh. know what? I changed my pick. If you said right now that all okay. the guys had to stay quarantined with Rudy Gobert. Oh yeah, <laughs> that would be so funny. Many... Yeah. Oh god. Or if. Uh... Chicago and what's his name? Boylan. Was Boylan the Chicago coach or did they have Bayline? Beeline? They Beeline. I don't know what you're saying. That was Chicago the Cavs. Fired their that was the Cavs? Yeah. No, no. I know they fired their – wait, Chicago also Cleveland fired their also. coach? I thought you said Cleveland. Because I thought the – I'm so confused. No, I said, I said, is it Chicago or Cleveland? All right, so KP doesn't know what he's talking about. Sam and I are confused. I miss Josh. Um, nah, yeah, this has been the best podcast that. of all time. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay, okay I have the best thing. trade of all time. Sorry. Okay, let's hear. Trade of all time. I have good. a new Go destination for, for our good friend Kevin Love. So oh, Kevin oh, Love. Oh, no. Gets sent to Philadelphia. Ready for Al Horford no. and two first round picks. That's it. So Cleveland ends up with the same salary issue they had and a better leader for their young players. The 76ers get a scorer to go alongside Embiid and Simmons instead of somebody who's a better defender. And the Cavs get picks because Kevin Love is way more up. Wait, I don't actually hate that. Yoni, is that the best trade ever? Uh, that's it. It sounds it's, like a really good it's trade. Really good. 76ers would probably love that. Spreads the floor offenses. And just so just so you guys know, in, in their analysis of the wins, the Sixers would add two wins, but I think they would also get playoff experience um, more in Kevin Love than yeah. even Al Horford. And the Cleveland Cavaliers will lose 20 wins, which they want to. So it's a win-win loss. They lose tw- – wait, wait, wait. They lose 20 <laughs> yeah, wins 20 with cents. that trade? You know, Kevin I mean, Love does play 20 Kevin, games I, sometimes. <laughs> Wait. I swear that's what it says. <laughs> try it on the trade machine. I just tried. <laughs> but okay. Despite that's what hilarious. they say, I think it I mean I can see that I don't, being a good trade. I, I see it being a good trade, but I also don't know about the, like what would the first round picks be? Like twenty. Yeah, but what what did it be it's better for them than having no picks and they get a leader. I think that's an important thing. Al Horford's a professional yeah, yeah. basketball player no matter where he goes. And is it but is it, is it the same amount of like Four years, What's twenty-eight million a year for all of them, for all two of them. For yep, for both all, of them? all, all right. two of them. All right. <laughs> that <laughs> is not bad. That could work. Uh, and I feel like it'd be better. Like you said, Al Horford's a leader. I feel like players would rather be around him. Yeah, than but at Kevin this point, Love. the Sixers already have kind of a toxic locker room. They might as well just try Kevin Love. <laughs> 
I mean, Kevin Love isn't a toxic player. He's not a toxic guy. There's, it's, the issue just, is, I don't yeah. think on a winning team he would be. So, I agree. I just think it's a perfect trade. Yeah. I think you get – I just – I love it. I think I just won the podcast. Yeah. I mean, I think Kevin Love is a really good uh, – he's a good number two. He's a really good number three on the championship. I mean, you got to admit that he's a better fit. And, and Oh, definitely. And I – don't, I just don't see Kevin Love being like the number one guy on a non-player. Right, team. and the Cavs are still terrible. Like I think he's better off being a significant role player. And so yeah, he gets I, put in a better situation. I, Horford gets the the worst of this, but he, Philly would be lucky to be able to trade Horford for anything. Yeah, yeah, and Ben, yeah. ben Simmons would go up, and that's why I think two first round picks is necessary. And I don't think that's too yeah. detrimental to the Sixers, who in theory already have their roster in place. Yeah. All right, one thing that I was looking at that is totally off topic. So earlier I was on Instagram and I saw that Rob Gronkowski, the greatest man alive, was going live. So I was like, all right, I'll check this out. And he was playing beer pong. Of course. So my question for the crowd today is if you could pick one player in all of sports to play beer pong besides Gronk, because that's the obvious number one choice, who would it be? This isn't hard for me. I go Pat Mack. I would obviously go Davis Bertans, and the reasons I mean, are sixfold. One, they don't drink too much beer in Latvia, so I have an advantage right there. Two, the kid's a shooter, but with the ping pong ball and only four and a half fingers and with. <laughs> wait, 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 Sammy, Sammy, sorry. Davis Bertans is supposed to be on your team. Why is it a good thing that he doesn't drink? What? Yoni, did that make sense? <laughs> All right. Unless I miss her. <laughs> no, because he just he just be chugging down. I don't know drinks, what anybody's you know? saying. All I know is that I made up something about Latvia, and because Josh isn't here, I'm allowed to do that. So let me continue. The third reason, well, Keep like going. I was saying, the second okay. reason is really two reasons. So the second and third reason is that ball's too small for his hands, only has four and a half fingers to use. And then reason four, he's my favorite player, so I'd want to talk to him. Reason five, I could wear my jersey and see if he wanted to recreate the front of it because it needs that. And then the sixth and final reason would be because I'm not a drinker, and so I would let him win and make him feel good. <laughs> okay. I, I would go with just Brady. He, there Classic is, Buccaneers of course, fan of course. Right? There's some, no, there's, there's some video. Wait, later, look up video. Where are the odds Yoni is no longer He's gonna, a He has to be a Pac-Stan for at least the next 20 years. He's locked in. I'm going to be a Pac-Stan so 20 years. for the rest of my life. But that's not... Oh God! Wow. Okay. Wow. Twenty years. Okay. Whatever. You guys look up a video of Tom Brady I've drinking seen him beer, chug. and it is wait. No, no. If if we're picking that. someone, then we take David Baki. I'll take David Bakiatari from the uh, Bakhtiari. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen? Bakhtiari. You guys have seen that video, right? Where he completely out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but also like Brady's a true companion. <laughs> We'd be down. And he's, he's it would be a, it would be the first he ever thirty four point or thirty four cup, and you'd be down twenty eight three. Yeah, yeah, we'd be down twenty eight three, and he brings back with a champ. Okay. <laughs> um, I came up with a slightly different uh Dimwitty trade, but it includes the seventy sixers. Get traded. Uh, it's what? No, no, no. What no. would he do on the, the bench? Josh Play Richardson. shooting guard. They have they have Josh Richardson. That's the Josh trade. Josh Richardson's would, been okay. their best player at the end of games offensively. 
I like. I actually yeah. think Josh Richardson's heavily underrated. Yeah. But keep going, Aaron. Yeah, but then what? My idea is just it's uh, the Seventy Sixers. It's a win now move for them because I, per- I. This is just personal. I prefer Dimwitty over Richardson. No, so it's no, it's I'm personal sorry. though. Nah, it's personal, there are some Yoni. Things that aren't personal. So but please share the trade. Share the trade. It was just going to be Josh Richardson, a first and a second for Dinwiddie. No. No. You like Dinwiddie? No. I mean, uh, no. Richardson. I mean... He's averaging thirteen point eight a game, three point four rebounds, three point three assists, forty three from the field, thirty three, thirty three from beyond the arc. 79 from the free throw line, a 12.1 PER, and less than two win shares a game. Okay. But as Sammy said, he's I, also been one of the best players and closer for the 76ers all year. He's a better spot-up shooter than Dinwiddie, which is important for the 76ers. Dinwiddie's more of an on-ball player. I just It's a better fit. He's a better spot-up shooter, but he's shooting 43%. He's shooting 42%? Josh Richardson? Yeah. From just field goals, but that's because yeah. he has to okay. shoot. A lot. I'm not. That's not terrible for a shooting guard. Also, I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna defend 42 percent at all. Yeah, but for a mid tier shooting guard, that's not terrible. Yeah, also, I you, just you can't really compare Josh Richardson on the 76ers to Dinwiddie on the Nets because of their roles. I just don't can't really see the stat comparison. All right, I have one more I trade. Guess. I just and think this I, one's the most unrealistic I like one. Dinwiddie. That is basically a panic mode trade for the Bucks. Let me set the scene. Please don't tell me they're trying to be honest. Okay. Let me set the scene. <laughs> I I am I'm okay. So the Bucks in set this the scene. world there's there's a playoffs and the Bucks lose in the second or third round and it's clear that what's happening right now isn't working because there's not enough offense besides Giannis. So they trade Antetokounmpo Thanasis. I should have made that clear. So they trade Thanasis Antetokounmpo. George Hill and Brooke Lopez for Devin Booker. I don't like that. How... Wait. Yep. Eric Bledsoe, Devin Booker. I don't Booker, like that at all. Um, Giannis Middleton, bang, championship. I'm confused why the don't need. And who's your center? Wait. Why would the what? Why well, would the, the Suns. Okay, here's the thing with the Suns. You should Let maybe set throw the in the first tra- round Let me pick, Sammy. Then will like the trade. Oh, no. I'm going to throw in the- Milwaukee <laughs> will also trade the Pacers first round pick, which is a little better. Now? Now does it work? I feel no, like it should be the Pacers two. and the Bucks. I'm still confused why the Suns. So the Suns oh, wait. Here's but it's okay. The- they have no defense right now besides Rubio and Aiton. So they get a better <laughs> defensive team. Lopez and George Hill give them death. Antetokounmpo, just say his last name. Don't tell them the first name. That's good for media. <laughs> it's it's a panic trade for both teams. I just I I do think there is a world where Devin Booker gets traded, but probably not to the Bucks. I feel like. Do you think? You, yeah, you think he's I think that would be. I don't I think they the do. They have the that. money to do that. Like, I mean, well, yeah, Pat, the Timberwolves and Booker, all the careers have just been pointless so far. They have yeah. to team up eventually. No, like, they will. Oh, yeah. like, 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 Towns, and Russell, and Booker would be awesome. Round. I'm sorry. It just would. So much story. There, there, there would be a uh, 
real basketball the issue players is, of Milwaukee. Happen, they would have had to. They would have had to. Oh, I just said Milwaukee. Yeah. They could trade I, I don't, James okay. Johnson. I don't know. They can't. Does he even contract? Wait, over. He doesn't have a no trade clause. Why won't it? No. Oh, because he has a player option. Yeah, this upcoming he's gonna, off season. He's going to accept it though. It's probably like. But I can't yeah, trade him on it's, the trade it's machine. It's fifteen point three million. So all right, fair. Yeah, they'd have to. It would have to be James Johnson and a twelve million dollars sign and trade and some first round picks well, and probably Jared Culver. I mean, yeah. Honestly, you're not that mad about I giving up Jared Culver, though. It. I just said I that's mean, something they'd have to do. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm just saying. Like, I feel like Jared. I didn't. I never understood that pick. Yoni, explain to him. So Jarrett Culver is what we call good at basketball. And with picks, you will like to pick players who are good at basketball. Why? I do I do think that Culver does have a lot of potential. I just don't think the Timberwolves are going to help him. The right place? <laughs> They're not the right place for anyone. Like, what has Cat done? He's what terrible. Done his career? Didn't, he go on, like, the long, didn't he go on the longest streak? One of them, and I'm the one who told you that. Oh. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, thank you, Sammy, for the. Wait, I never remember this. That the Magic this year drafted Chuma. Love that guy. Oh, yeah. I completely forgot that happened. Yeah. It, this was a weird draft. Like some of the people who were drafted later, like Kevin Porter Jr. was the final pick of the draft. That that actually right. surprised me. Now I, I like Kevin trade. Porter Jr. Yeah, but Kevin Porter Jr. has like off the court issues that people were worrying about. So, who is the oh, best yes, player in that NBA? Laramie Tunsil, like who is the most alone? Yeah, who so like Beal is this season was probably the best player who had nobody else to help, but in theory, as John Wall. Wait, who does Trey Young have to help him? Besides Trey Young. Besides Trey Young. <laughs> Zach Levine, exactly. So, Thaddeus Young, wait, what? Thomas Sadoransky, I was and Lowry Parkinson how... for how Carl Anthony Kevin... Towns. How is He's Devin eating. Booker not better than Zach Levine? No, I don't. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, he's Aiden. Okay, and yeah, I, I don't. I the don't Bulls like the lose trade, thirteen but, wins, and yeah. the Timberwolves lose seven wins. So I like it. It's a, it's a double tank media in Chicago trade. Jason Tatum, he's alone. How was he alone? <laughs> name one other good player on the Celtics. I could name, what? This is oh my god! I knew I could piss you off. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm if I'm still going with this. If the if the NBA does come back and have, and have playoffs. The Celtics are gonna win it. <laughs> no, I'm I'm calling it. You can call. Okay, it I'm calling right you. Now, but I'm I'm ring, saying it. Ring, it's ring, awesome. Yoni, please pick All up. Right. Calling you. You're an idiot. Oh, hey man, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they got the fresh young legs. I'm going with it. <laughs> the fret. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, because all the NBA players, like the vets, they'll be coming off like not not practicing and not playing as much. 
So Jason Tatum will come out firing, and he'll just be an MVP. Did you see the report that Giannis doesn't have a hoop at his house? Yeah. Or, like, access to a hoop? Yeah, I saw that. I, I just feel like order one off Amazon or something. Like, I know that sounds stupid. Aaron, your phone's ringing. But I feel like for some... You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, Sam, what's up? It's my new thing. So this is the you're an idiot se- segment by Sammy? Is my phone ringing? I, I guess so, yeah. Sammy, why is my phone ringing now? All right. Okay, so I think that's where we'll wrap it up. No, uh, no. Make sure to follow no. the floater pod on. No, hey, you love say, All right. Sammy make sure to follow <laughs> the floater, the floater pod on Instagram. Um, in addition to that, if you wanted to subscribe on Spotify, that's an option that's kind of available to you. I think it's called follow. So go ahead and click that. Thank you guys for staying with us. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. Despite Josh not being here, I thought we had some interesting discussions. I like the trade machine. I thought that the Kevin Love and. Al Horford swap with the picks was actually an enlightening. So, yeah. I genuinely um, enjoyed that one. Once again, thank you guys for listening. And other than that, uh, I have to remind you to stay loyal.